Welcome to Chamberlain University's MSN CourseCast. Each episode in our series will introduce and discuss key concepts from the modules in one of your courses. These episodes are intended to enhance your learning when you're on the go, so feel free to listen to them anytime and anywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our Learning on the Go podcast. I am Dr. Simpson, one of the associate professors for the MSN Specialty and Accelerated Tracks, and this is our first podcast for NR527. And today we're here to discuss personal communication and interprofessional collaboration. But before we begin, I would like to introduce my guest session today. And that is Dr. Tracy Stogner, who is our curriculum coordinator for the MSN Specialty and Accelerated Track Programs. And Dr. Stogner, if you would mind, I would like for you to tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Well, thank you, uh, Dr. Simpson. I'm so happy to be here uh, today, again, joining in the podcast forum. And I thought it would be fun for me to and interact with you in this particular subject matter. And just to give the students a little bit of background about myself, I am a psychiatric clinical nurse specialist as well as a psychiatric nurse practitioner. So um, my experiences uh, with that in that career path has helped me in regards to interpersonal uh, communication and also with collaboration as well, along with some of the leadership experiences I've had along the way. So I hope to be able to share some good examples and application of concepts today with all of you. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, we're glad to have you. And before we get started in our discussion, some of the main points I really would like to present that would be the from uh, this podcast is, first off, really identifying what interpersonal communication entails and why the methods of interpersonal communication are important. Also, how does this impact with professional collaboration and why are the importance principles of collaboration, or I should say, why are they important? And so, Tracy, can you tell us a little bit what you, when you think about interpersonal, I mean, interpersonal what that entails? Sure, and it might be good even just to start with the definition, and then we can begin by looking at that. And interpersonal communication is a process by which people exchange information, feelings, meanings, uh, and this is done through both verbal and nonverbal messages. Usually there is a sender of the communication and then a receiver of, of that communication. Um, and it's not just about what is being said, but even more importantly, sometimes how it is being said. And I know we're gonna talk about that here in just a minute, but you know, really watching those verbal and nonverbal cues can be really important. Simple things like eye contact. Also, I think it's important to remember, and you would probably agree with this, Dr. Simpson, to be aware of cultural differences. For example, um, when I lived in Alaska, um, you know, one of the things, you know, on a psyche veil is does the person maintain eye contact? Well, with the Alaska Native tribes, that is a sign of disrespect if you have eye contact with someone. So I could not assume that because that person was not having eye contact with me that they were um, maybe not comfortable or not being honest. Um, you know, some of the things that you worry about when someone doesn't have eye contact with you. So I think it's really important as we look about 
about and we talk about these verbal and nonverbal cues that we think about the cultural aspects and bring those in too. And, and having that cultural awareness, I think, is really important uh, when we communicate with others. But other nonverbal cues that are, you know, kind of pretty common, uh, the, the crossing of the arms, of course, someone's tone of voice um, can let you know how they're receiving your communication or um, their intentions in sending that communication. So really, really important, especially when you're the sender, that you really pay attention to your, not only your verbal, but your nonverbal communication. That's a great segue into some of the things that I really wanted to address as well with interpersonal communication is things that you really wanna keep in mind when doing so active listening aspects. Mm -hmm. And when you think about that, uh, I always think about the many where I've been in conversation with somebody and I really wondered if truly listening. Mm -hmm. So we have to really keep that in mind when we are dealing with either our staff or our patients, our colleagues, whatever that is, is that active listening aspect is really, really important. And this goes along with the team building and understanding their communication styles and how they best are going to take away from the message as well as the understanding of what it is that's going to be that is being communicated. And we all know that those can sometimes be disjointed. We can also see those examples occur in differences in how we communicate. You brought that perfect example up. You see, when you were talking about the making eye contact versus not making mm-hmm. eye contact. And so really understanding your team and who's involved in these communication processes is very, very important. Thinking about conflict resolution, that's another area. And so mm-hmm. it's really best on how to convey an intended message and the emotions that are high when there, because the emotions are high when there was conflict. And so really taking a step back and really thinking about the best way to or convey a message or handle the conflict in the situation and and again not reacting immediately because sometimes that's really what we do will you know our emotions will come off rather quickly and it can actually impact and and break down communication even more so really important to kind of keep that in mind when you are, are dealing in those situations and you know conflict occurs and not all conflict is bad Allowing those opportunities for openness and sharing of thoughts and ideas is very important and and building for the communication process. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny that you had mentioned that, that not all conflict is bad. I think that's such an important point. I remember growing up, my family was very comfortable with, you know, conflict resolution, you know, types of confrontation. So every week we would have a, what we called a family meeting. My mom and dad had it where we would all get together and we'd talk about, you know, how our week went and, um, but even, you know, what are some things that, you know, we could each do better? What are some things uh, we're doing really great? And, you know, so it was a time for us to share with our parents, you know, maybe some things that, that bother them. I remember telling my dad when I, this is when I was really little, that, um, you know, he wasn't home enough and I missed him. And uh, my dad really took that to heart and, and started trying to be home a little earlier. And, but again, growing up in that type of family, it made me very comfortable in, in talking about things that, 
maybe bothered me. And, um, and my husband, on the other hand, he came from a family where it was very closed communication and the parents only fought in the bedroom, never around him. So there was never, exactly. so I re I remember when we had our, when we first were together, we had our first argument. He was just like devastated, like, oh my gosh, we just had an argument. And I'm like, wait, that's part of life. That's just, you know, the conflict is part of life. It isn't always a bad thing. And sometimes it can bring things to the surface. It can make you realize something you didn't know before about yourself. And it's exactly. all kind of in the way it's handled. So I'm really glad you brought that up. I think that's an important point. And I think that that's a great point of what you brought up in sharing the feelings and understanding of how others feel. And I think it does go back to the, those cultural differences in how we do handle those conflicts. But sharing of those feelings and understanding and really being respectful of that, having empathy and understanding of others in their times of, how do I want to say this, looking at how they best relate and understanding in a professional manner uh, in times when your staff maybe need some support, reinforcement. And so really having that at the forefront when you are thinking about how you best handle communication, definitely mm -hmm. gotta be empathetic. And I you think do. as a leader, it's very important to convey that to your team. That's, that's a very big part of not only demonstrating support, but building trust with exactly. your team. So I, I absolutely, um, really consider that a very important consideration when uh, dealing with and, and looking at things from the communication standpoint, but also the verbal and nonverbal signs. I know we're going to be talking about a couple of things, and I think anybody or everybody who is listening to this call can agree. And so, Tracy, I actually am going to ask a question here is, ever had an experience where what was being said and how it was being said weren't cohesive? And can you discuss how it made you feel and the end result? Sure. Well, this has happened a number of times. I'm sure it's happened to a lot of people, uh, but this has definitely happened to me throughout my career and both in my positions as a leader, as well as my positions as a follower. There have been times where, you know, you have to have those crucial conversations with people, those sort of uncomfortable times where you have to discuss that they need to work on or you have to address something a shortfall or something like that and and it's there's always some anxiety involved in that and you know because oftentimes it involves maybe an improvement or performance improvement in their performance that you need to to talk about or issues and I remember having conversations with individuals and you know and talking about it and Initially, oftentimes people's first response is to kind of bristle or to get emotional, but what they're saying is good. You know, their words are fine. Um, their words are like, oh, you know, wow, I didn't realize I was coming across like that, or I didn't mean for that person to take it that way. And in the way I'm saying it, it's good. So the words are good, but, but the tone of their voice was, they seemed irritated. They, I oftentimes would notice them crossing their arms, which is kind of closing off to me and to, and to, to my feedback. And so when I would see that happen, I would take a moment to just say, sometimes even, I would even just say, Hey, I noticed you're, you know, you just crossed your arms and, and you sound a bit irritated. Um, you know, can we talk about this some more is, do you want to explain a little bit more of your side? Is there something that, you know, that you, that I could provide more for you, um, in support to help you kind of navigate this situation. And so sometimes in doing that and providing that type of communication would sort of disarm them and, 
and just knowing that, you know, hey, I'm here to support you. You know, none of us are perfect. You know, we're all, it's all about all right. of us growing and being exactly. better people. So what can I do to support you in this? I, I want you to feel supported. And, and so, and so it was in my communication too, as the sender and how it was received and, and just exploring more about that situation um, and taking a deeper dive into that. So I think those things are important and you want to make sure they're comfortable. Ask them, you know, I'm sensing you're not comfortable. You know, are you uncomfortable with something we discussed? Is there something, you know, we need to talk about a little more? You know, I think that's, that's really important. And then another time where that's happened and this happens a lot, and I know everybody who's listening can relate to this, and that is when someone sends you an email. Oh, yes. So, yeah, so often. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I had a person that I used to work with who just had such a hard time talking in person when they were having issues and they, they did it with everybody. It wasn't just me, but they would send out a big, long email. I tend to refer to it as a nasty gram because it just, the, the tone of it was just not okay. And often the people who are reading it took offense to it. And I don't always think that was the intention of the sender. I just think because of the venue that it was sent in, in the email format, that people took it that way. It's hard when you see things in all caps and you think, okay, is this person yelling at me? So, yes. you know, I, when I would get those emails, I would just go right away to this person's office and I would say, Hey, you know, I got this email from you and I'm just wondering, did I upset you? Did I offend you in some way? And sometimes it was like, no, not at all. Why did you think that? I said, well, it was in all caps. Oh, I was just trying to really emphasize a point. And I'm like, okay. And then other times it was, yes, this person was upset. And so this person in, if you are upset about something so important, I said, I understand why you, you want to feel like you can get it all out, but that's not fair to the receiver because we can't see your exactly. body language, hear your tone of voice, understand where you're coming from. So we can take things the wrong way. So I'd often ask her, you know, please let's, I want you to feel safe enough to come to me that I will be open to hear what you have to say. And I want you to feel comfortable enough to do that. And, and anyway, it took some working with the person, but we were eventually able to get there. But um, emails, don't you think that's one yeah. way? I'm sure you've had that experience too. And maybe we can talk a little bit about that now. Just and I think you know. the other thing, I, and I think that that is so important is to address it and I also think don't act in haste because a lot of times when you email like that, the immediate response is taking personal and then immediate a, re a reply. And a lot of times it's best to just take some time, uh, walk away from it, think about it, reread it, and then see clarification. And again, I think more in that face-to-face -face venue because so much more you can see by being face to face to somebody, their emotions to uh, convey what they were saying, because a lot of times words are just words and it might really not be the intention of that sender. That's right. And That's so right. breaking down communication even more is when you respond in haste and it's negative. Mm -hmm. And then before you know it, you just have a, a breakdown. So. Yeah. I think that that is so important. I think we've all been through those experiences. We have. And it really is great suggestion, what you said, really speaking to the person face-to-face -face when uncertain mm -hmm. 
And, and again, not responding in haste because we automatically tend to do that. I agree. You know, when sometimes when you get those emails, it, they're just so emotionally charged and they trigger you to respond in kind. And, you know, I know I've written, you know, I've started to write an email and I'm just like, wait, nope, I'm not going to do this. So I stop and then I reach out to the person and ask if I can speak with them because, you know, like you and I, we work in a remote online environment, right? I live in Hawaii and you live in Pittsburgh. <laughs> so we're very far away from each other. And that's the way our, um, a lot of our colleagues are. So in, in having conversations, it's really important. Uh, I oftentimes will pick up the phone and call somebody or, um, you know, we have a little system within our computers where we can say, hey, do you have a minute and, and really talk to them. Uh, I think it's just so important. And, and as, as you all are developing in, in positions of becoming leaders, um, such an important thing to remember. And I read, even with communications and emails that are not um, necessarily in response to an email like that, uh, just regular communications, it's so important to, I read my emails at least three times because mm -hmm. I want to make sure that it's coming across, that I add a few adjectives in there, a few um, nice, uh, thank you so much. Um, I so appreciate you helping me with this. Um, you know, just even little things like that can show appreciation instead of um, you're demanding something from someone or, or being bossy, which sometimes right. even when you're just asking someone to do something in an email, it can come across as bossy. And um, just being careful about stuff like that is really important in our communications with our colleagues. I think that's some excellent information. And so what I would like to do, Tracy, from this point, and I really think that that discussion on interpersonal communication, that was some excellent points that were presented. But when we think about in professional collaboration in along the lines with interpersonal communication, thinking about working in groups and including of other disciplines mm -hmm. and how you can collaborate can either promote a team effort or it can break down communication completely. Yes, and so some key reminders I just kind of want to point out is things that we kind of already mentioned, but think again across your whole team approaching the message in a positive manner and using professional names and that your body language is welcoming. Have you ever been to an event or have you ever been to a meeting where you've walked in and you have either felt welcomed or you have felt like something's coming mm -hmm. and it doesn't seem <laughs> positive. Yeah. And so that automatically sets the tone for mm -hmm. the rest of the meeting. That those communication styles, again, coming into play and how you present yourself, the body language says it all. And so I can be saying something to you, to, you know, speaking to you, but my body language, if it's saying something different, can absolutely, again, lead to that breakdown. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, and, and during those collaborative efforts, allowing others to give their perspective on a topic, you know, we all have very, very strong opinions, all of us, and that's okay. But allowing others to get perspective on that topic at hand is really, really important for that mm -hmm. collaborative effort. Mm -hmm. For sure. And, and listening to what they have to say, not just listen, you know, putting your head the other way or, or turning away. And again, that mm -hmm. body language back into mm -hmm. play. 
the yeah. eye rolling. How many times have you died? Oh, no, I, when I was in a leadership position and, and I would catch someone rolling their eyes at something I said, and it was so offensive. I'm like, it, it can be very offensive. Yes, and, but and I had to go it, to them afterwards it, and discuss that because I'm like, it just, it really throws you too because you're like, oh, wait, you know, what am I saying? Or someone on their phone. Staring at the watch. Yeah, staring. <laughs> yes, that's a good one too. Staring at a watch in a meeting. It's like, uh, or on their phones. That's another mm -hmm. thing that can be really, it can be just so distracting when you're trying to deliver a message or, or talk in front of a group of people and there's people that are doing that. So it, it's important as you're the receiver in, in a collaborative collaboration type of setting that that you're mindful of those things too and that active listening is really important exactly and making sure that the way you collaborate is the most appropriate way to do so but consider mm -hmm. the message the intended message and how it would be best conveyed important things shouldn't be sent out via an email you know so really thinking about you are sending and how it would best be conveyed that is very, very important to that collaborative effort. Okay. So the, the cultural education and phys, any physical limitations, you really have to consider your public and who you're working with. Again, you, we go back to that topic we were mentioning earlier about the, the making of eye contact mm -hmm. and, and, and how it differs in various cultures. But yes. not only that, considering the verbiage you're using and the the words you're using are they are they educationally appropriate for those you're speaking with and and you know is it above what they understand you know a lot of times in nursing we use medical terminology and the lay person may not know what that means mm -hmm. so kind of keeping those things in mind also physical limitations of of those vision hearing deficits are are there problems for somebody really understand what it is that you are communicating, which again, impact that collaboration. Mm -hmm. I so agree. Some, some real important things to keep in mind. Uh, also, considering values and ethics. So we want to make sure that during any type of interprofessional collaborative approach, you want to make sure that we are practicing in an ethical and culturally sensitive manner. We want to make sure that we are aware of each contribution member's contribution to the team and be respectful of that. I agree. I think that's so important. And that goes back to including all their views, all members' views. Uh, we want to make sure that this will enhance the process of the collaboration as well as that cohesive approach that fosters a holistic plan that is an overall team. And any team, the success of the team is what is really at the end result. And so promoting that cohesive approach will foster that. And again, you know, making sure that all have a voice. And again, we look at the holistic approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you, Tracy, what do you find important when developing a project or a collaborative effort? And how do you best plan for that? Well, um, for me, I completely agree with what you said in regards to being open-minded to others' opinions. I think that is key, ensuring that people feel they have been heard. So even if you don't necessarily agree with their opinion, to allow them to have a voice is really, really important. And to make them feel that their opinion is valid is also really important and not just dismissing people 
And especially, you know, there's people that tend to be, um, you have all types of people in a group. You have those that are have more of the stronger personalities. It's also important to make sure that the people who tend to be shy and quiet, that they have a voice too and make them feel comfortable. People have to feel safe in the environment that if they're going to give a suggestion that it's not going to be shot down right away. Because if you do that, um, you will you know, close the collaboration process. And then it's just you talking and giving ideas and opinions and, and you're not getting anyone else's. So, you know, for the stronger people, they don't mind, you know, overshouting you or doing something like that. But but really with the, the, the quiet people, that really tends to shut them down and um, and they they won't contribute anymore if they don't feel like their, their opinions are valid and, and validated. Right. And knowing how, to, knowing how to read someone um, and how to respond to them in an appropriate way, I think, is key to facilitating uh, collaboration and teamwork. Um, so really picking up on cues. And I think that's where emotional intelligence kind of plays an important role here. Very much so. Yeah, we talk about that a little bit in the lesson. You know, it's so important to, to really be able to know not just when to respond, but how to respond and in a way that, that is supportive. And, um, and I, I'll talk a little bit more about that too later on. But one of the things that you mentioned too is what do you find important when developing a project? So a lot of projects in healthcare involve quality improvement types of things and change. And I think collaboration and com combination with intrapersonal communication is so important in with change, um, interpersonal collaboration. Very much it's so. so important with change, and no nobody likes surprises, right? So, and yeah. I know it's happened to me in my organization and other organizations I've worked in. Is you get surprised by, okay, we're going to be doing this, and it's like, wait, what? What? What's happening? Why? Why are we doing this? Why are we making this change? Um, so I think the importance of being transparent. Uh, having open communication and making changes within your organization, especially in a leadership position, is key uh, so that people can feel like they could share their opinion and have a voice. And it's not just mandated, these, these changes, but that their opinion was asked about them and that they could give input. I think that is key. And understanding the why. Understanding the why behind why you're Doing exactly. something different is so important because if people understand the why, then they're more apt to embrace the change because change is hard to navigate anyway, but understanding that why in, I think is key to, to projects, working on projects with people and then those having those collaboration efforts and that communication of those ideas is, is essential. And, and you segue into a, another great question. Ever had that experience where it wasn't successful that professional collaboration and upon yeah. reflection because I think mm -hmm. so much of our, our greatest learning comes from reflection mm -hmm. and what we could do differently. So when you think mm -hmm. about that, where was a time when maybe that it wasn't successful and what would you do differently? Well, that's a really great question. And I remember my one of my very first leadership positions uh, was I was voted into to a position of director of a of a two year nursing program. And I replaced a person who was uh, we we had been friends and that person had some allegiances, too. So they were a little upset when I was voted when everyone said, okay, 
we don't feel this person is doing a good job and we need a change. And our pass rates at that time were for our students were very low. They were actually in the upper 50s. They were really low. So I came into this position needing to make some changes. And that's where I learned a lot about the importance of communication and change and also being more emotional intelligent. So I can remember when I first started, you know, expressing ideas of what I would like to do. You know, I often use the word I a lot instead of we, what can we do? Mm -hmm. Um, So I learned that very quickly that that is offensive. (laughs) (laughs) to people when you use the word I and you need to use the word we, but it's just something I learned, you know, in, in just kind of my first leadership out of the gate. And, and then another thing I learned is to take emotions out of the equation. And that can be really hard. And it was especially hard for me because the person who was really resisting a lot of the change had been a friend and someone that we had collaborated well together. But now that I had this new position and they were now a follower and I was not their follower, it, they did some things that, um, to, to really kind of provoke me. And in the beginning, I I remember I cried, like I cried in front of him. I, oh my gosh, that was the biggest mistake because then it was, oh, you're just too emotional. And so then I got labeled as being too emotional, but it was really hard for me. I had to really channel those emotions and be like, okay, I am not going to cry. I am going to be very level-headed about this. And um, I'm going to speak from a place of, of not being emotional, but speak from a place of why this change is important. And we all have the same goal of improving our students' pass rates. So how are we going to get this accomplished and how are we going to move this forward? So I just had to shift a little bit because, you know, at first I was just super angry and like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this person just did this to me. They used to be my friend. And I just, I had to reflect on what did I do to trigger that. I don't think I asked them enough again for their input and their opinion. I just kind of charged in and was like, I had some, I mean, I was just so excited. I had some great ideas of what, of what could be done in changing the word from I to we. Uh, But I learned a lot through that process. I learned a lot about myself and I think it made me a stronger a uh, person in to 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 be in leadership positions because I learned a lot about myself and and I got more emotionally intelligent. That's the great thing about emotional intelligence. You can grow in that area, and that's a positive thing there. So so that's um, that's just a I little think, disclosure about me in regards up, to reflecting. Yeah. I think you brought up an excellent point, though. When you think about it, and we look at this all the time, we build relationships in our professional journey. And a lot of times we do, a lot of times we're in the same, you know, levels and then times change with promotions and different yeah, experiences. Sure. And this happens often, more often than not. And mm-hmm. so you're bringing up an excellent point to reinforce here, even not only on how you handle it from being the recipient of this, but also how you would handle it when it's somebody else and, and, and things to kind of keep in mind on how it can impact that. And I think bringing up those points to not undermine and also 
you know, handling it in a professional manner is right. so important. And so I it really is. appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, a little self-disclosure, but you know, I tend to be someone who I'm oh, I'm very kind person. I consider myself a very kind person. And so if someone's not kind to me, yes. you can I can be sensitive about that. And I have I had to remove that, okay, this might not be personal against me, although it felt that way. It just right. is this person um, has a hard time with change. They had their own vision and goals about what they wanted and that were important to them. And I didn't even ask them what those were. And if they had any thoughts about what might improve, how we could maybe improve pass rates. I just was so excited about my ideas. And in looking back on that, I kind of created that situation a little bit. And so, you know, you, you learn, uh, you learn yes. from that. So just knowing that you don't have to be perfect. The important thing is if something doesn't go well, it's really important to look and be honest. Okay. What part did I play in that? Cause it isn't ever all one person's fault in a communication right. breakdown. It always, we always have that saying, it takes two to tango. And I really believe that strongly. And so I, whenever I have a communication breakdown that doesn't go well, I have to look at, okay, what did I do in this situation that did, that lent itself to this? Great, what could I do to improve? Yeah. What could I do to improve for next time? So you learn and that, and that is how you learn. Excellent. I agree. So I just want to summarize a few points of things that we have discussed. Um, just kind of remembering again, it is really important to have an understanding of how you best communicate. It's important to have that understanding as well, as far as the best way to communicate and the intended message for it to be best delivered. You really want to keep those things in mind. You want to make sure that your verbal and nonverbal messages are relaying the same message that you want delivered. So you really wanna make sure that what you're saying verbally and the nonverbals of how you're saying it or your body language are conveying the same thing. Because if not, it really does leave confusion on the mm -hmm. receiver's end. Mm -hmm. You wanna make sure it's important to re not to respond verbally or nonverbally when angry or frustrated. And that happens quite often. We just talked about the emails and the response of an emotional reaction absolutely uh, enhanced communication breakdown and also can't be taken back. So you really want to kind of keep that in mind that taking away, taking a step back, thinking mm -hmm. about it, maybe going to that person talking one on one. For interprofessional collaboration, you want to make sure you're assessing the members of your team and how they best communicate. You want to consider the age of your team, the culture, any physical or educational limitations that may impact uh, their understanding and also break down that collaborative effort. Also, key concepts of collaboration included with like the values, the ethics, rules and responsibilities, the interprofessional communication, as well as that teamwork. So you really want to keep those items in mind when you're building that team. So Tracy, as we end, I just wanted to see if you had any final thoughts before we close out our uh, podcast today. Well, I just think it's, you know, we can just go back to the basics and um, the golden rule, treat others the way you would want to be treated. So if this were you in a situation 
and you were being approached by someone, how would you want them to speak to you? And, and really think about that and take time not to do uh, knee-jerk reactions and respond maybe in kind to how someone has responded to you, but to take a step back, take a moment, take a deep breath, understand that conflict is not a negative thing. I think that's an important exactly. point that it's part of life. And it's, and it's how we grow, it's how we improve, it's how we handle that conflict that really makes the difference. And I just think combining all those things and then being reflective, being reflective, okay, if something didn't go well, what was my part in that? And not just blaming the other party because it never is, you know, there may be some things that you could do to improve uh, communication so that doesn't happen for next time. So all those things together, I think are, are just a key points as we look at communicating and collaborating with our colleagues and peers and patients, even our patients, and, and it's, it's just key, key to success and having a, having a good operating team. And teamwork and collaboration is one of the, the cues and competencies so for, for safety. And so having a collaborative team, it does improve the outcomes in our care environments. So something important to consider. Perfectly stated. Thank you so much, Dr. Tracy Stogner, for joining me today to discuss important concepts of interpersonal communication and interprofessional collaboration. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Simpson. It was great joining you. Now that you've explored some important concepts related to your modules, if you have not done so already, please turn your attention to the course materials in your online course for additional application and practice of these concepts.